0: And so we made a long-term plan. So before we send one of those trips, one of those teams of volunteers can take a year to get through the planning. What's the master plan here is we want a total campus solution. We're not gonna go in and build one classroom, call it a high school and leave. We're gonna go in and build enough classrooms for a real high school and all the things that you would imagine a school having, bathrooms, cafeteria, labs, library. So once all of that planning's in place, we announce the project we hire a local contractor to do the major construction work and then volunteers sign up for the, for their team and those volunteers come from all over the US but we've also had volunteers from Ireland, South Africa, all over the world and they come on a 10-day service project at the school what are the things that the professional contractor needs to do that lay people can't do what are the things that lay people can help the professional contractor with we'll think about what needs to be done and we'll do it right we'll do meaningful work
1: Welcome to the Let's Go 360 podcast. I'm Larry Fraley, your host, and I'll be bringing you conversations with outstanding mission-minded leaders with the aim of helping you develop your own spiritual life by understanding what God is doing through our guests' lives as we learn about their ministries and what God has called them to do. Well, greetings, everyone. I'm Larry Fraley, your Let's Go 360 podcast host. First of all, thank you for supporting Let's Go 360 with your positive ratings, kind comments, and and referrals to your friends. Let's Go 360 is part of Christ Church of the Valley here in the greater Phoenix, Arizona area. Throughout the Valley, CCV has 15 campuses where children may enjoy interactive activities that strengthen their faith, where students can learn how to be Christ-centered change agents. Regardless of where you're at, in your own personal walk. Adults young and old will discover a place in which they can grow and feel at home. And with me today is Grant Venable, member of CCV. And for over 10 years now, Grant has served as the Director of Change for Be the Change Volunteers, development aid nonprofit organization that's dedicated to creating better education opportunities worldwide. Now, he's led several teams all around the world, including... North America, Asia, Africa, South America, and the Pacific Islands. In addition to coordinating all this international projects that he's been involved with, he also runs the day-to-day operations of the organization. Now, Grant is very experienced at the business sector, needs assessment, organization development, construction, international project management, and on top of all that, emergency medical rescue. Now, at Be The Change Volunteers, Grant works with NGOs, missions organizations, Community activists to identify and evaluate a complete education focused projects. This includes identifying the underlying challenges specifically related to infrastructure, equipping, training, and cultural differences at schools in underdeveloped countries. He manages the relationships between local community leadership and at BCDV US based leadership team. Now together, they determine. To appropriately address these challenges and then, Gordon, collaborate for a successful development of resources, which includes volunteers, staff, raw materials, and and the process for training, BTCV turns travelers into changers by sending self-funded volunteers on teams that make these educational projects a reality. Now, Grant believes that a better education creates better jobs, and a better job is the only way out of poverty. Grant, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Larry, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well why don't we start by just telling us a little bit about your family and how you got involved in this this amazing kingdom work you're doing.
0: Well um you know my dad you know I'm glad you asked because to know my story you've got to know my parents' story. And my mm-hmm. dad um, grew up on a small dairy farm in southern Missouri and um, you know it, it, he's got a he's got a great Lengthy story, but the short end of it is one day the cows got sick and they didn't have the farm anymore. So they moved to the city where his dad could get better work. And um, my dad witnessed all of that happen. And of course, you can imagine the challenges of that. He was born in 1950. Um, so that kind of puts a time frame on it. But he realized that education was going to be the way to help him move up and forward and so he was one of the only members of his family to get a college degree he went to the university of missouri columbia got a degree in engineering after that he started a business called all systems which is an engineering firm in kansas city and they worked with uh, commercial contracts and security healthcare, care uh, audio several different electronic system solutions and eventually uh, over time they became what's called a systems integrator and so for listeners you know what that is it's um, basically making Multiple complex systems work together in a commercial building, uh, for his purposes. Over that time, you know, my dad, uh, who became a Christian when he was a he was a young boy, he tells people he got baptized in a cold creek in Missouri at a church camp, um, and that's probably to remind us that we got baptized in a nice warm hot tub in a church. But uh, you know, over that time, he was already practicing what called business's mission through his business. You know, he wasn't calling it that, but we had Isaiah forty thirty one. On all of the logos, all the company logos, whether it was on a business card or on the truck, um, and it was practice in the principles of the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, growing up, having every opportunity—and you know, I didn't grow up on a dairy farm— I grew up in a household that was very put together, very loving. I was able to really witness the benefit of all of his hard work. And my mom uh, is also just a testament to hard work, too. She she tells everybody she was a stay-at-home mom, but she managed uh, the family's rental properties, which uh, is really a lot of work. I remember going out to rental properties with her and showing them and cleaning them and painting them. And so she also really understands what it means to be entrepreneurial, um, even though she doesn't give herself credit for that. So I grew up in a very um, entrepreneurial family where education was very important. College was something that all four of us kids knew we were going to do. It wasn't mm-hmm. like an option. It was a, where are you going to go and what are you going to study? And what you're going to study is going to not be uh, basket weaving. It's going to be a real education. So I finished college and um, I was able to go on a mission trip with my dad. He'd also, you know, been doing mission work over in Asia for years, um, starting with evangelical missions, but that led him into the businesses missions movement and um, one of those businesses that he started was a school, and I know people don't always equate schools with businesses, but this was a private school, and it was in a city, and it was a profit-generating machine, so they, their goal, their customer, was the parents of students who wanted their kids to get a quality education, and so they built this private school, and I was able to go over and live at the school for a while after college, uh, really just first summer, but that also allowed me to be immersed in that uh, Asian culture was India, And see real poverty, you know, I had, um, I was, I was a firefighter EMT for a while. And so I had seen some difficult situations here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. but um, poverty in underdeveloped countries is entirely different. It's nothing like the poverty here. And so when I saw that, um, I thought about how do you get, how do you get these people out of this situation, you know, and um, I, I brought this newspaper with me. It's, um, it's got a, it's from India and it's from years ago. I don't remember which trip to India it was, but basically it's a school with a roof collapsed on it and the kids are still going to school there. And I thought, man, God, if I could do something about that and you could position me to do that, that's what I want to do with my life. You know, I thought I knew what I wanted to do with my life, but now that's what I want to do with my life. And God did. God positioned me to to do that. So I ended up, uh, I ended up getting on a project with my dad where, He'd raise some money for recreational facilities at at the school. And, you know, rec facilities are actually scientifically proven to increase students' performance and test scores. So playgrounds, soccer fields, all those things. And we needed an NGO or a mission organization to run it through. So, you know, us being as cheap as we are, we were trying to find the one with the lowest administrative fees that would let us run this money and do the project. And my wife said, hey, a couple of my college professors... Have started this organization called be the change volunteers where they go out with their friends and they restore classrooms and build new classrooms. Why don't you talk to them? So I did. I went and had lunch with one of the co-founders, Jimmy cook. And he said, yeah, let's do it. We don't have an admin fee. It's it's just me and my wife, but let's do it. He said, the only thing that I'll ask is that you get local volunteers to participate. That's part of our buy-in requirement. And that was over 10 years ago. I, um, I became their executive director. We changed the title to director of change because executive director was... T- yeah,
1: I was going to ask you about yeah. that. That's a very interesting title, director of change. I like it,
0: you know? <laughs> we thought executive director made it sound like you were going to the principal's office every yeah. time you had to talk to me. Yeah. So I became the director of change, and we've done 70 education-focused projects internationally. Um, we've worked in 17 different countries. We focus in on specific project locations. So for example, right now in Africa, we're focused in on Rwanda and Malawi. And in Rwanda, we're doing refurbishment on an existing school that's been there since the 60s, but just needs refurbishment. And in Malawi, we're doing new construction on a government school that the community started, but they built mud brick buildings with thatch roofing and convinced the government to pay teachers so that they could have a school in this very rural mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So we're coming in and putting in you know, heavy concrete foundations, cinder block walls, metal roofs, skylights, very sustainable but very permanent classrooms that will be there long after I'm gone. So, so our mission is is both you know new construction and refurbishment, also equipping. And specifically, we're focused on sustainability because you know we tell people there's no teachers, there's no school. So wherever we're building a school, for example, the Amazon jungle where there was no high school, uh, where are you getting your teachers? Well, we've never had a seventh grade class in this village. We've only had six up to sixth grade. So we've got to get seventh grade teachers to come in. So we build teacher housing. Mm. We try to entice teachers to come in, kind of like a company would give you a really nice Cadillac yeah. if you're the top sales guy yeah. or saleswoman. Uh, we give you a really nice house that's as nice as what you would stay in in the city to entice you to come and live in this community. And so we look at, you know, creative solutions to those problems. The only way to do it is, as you know, is on the ground to look at what is the, what is the problem we can all see and then what are the underlying issues related to that problem. Well, hold
1: that thought just a minute, uh, Grant, because there's a there's a lot of our listeners listening today that are you know have business experience, and I know from talking with many of them that they often wonder what do they have to offer uh, in terms of missions and in serving. And as it turns out, you have a lot to offer because this whole concept of business as missions is actually a fairly new concept, and at its core, it basically is sharing the love of Christ. But it uses a lot of principles that many of you business folks already know. You know, one, one for example, is this whole principle of sustainability. And, um, and Grant's already mentioned the fact of as they look at a problem, they look at it from perhaps a business perspective, but then they integrate or put together sort of a holistic solution that includes sustainability. And uh, many of the the concepts that are used in businesses are used in business as missions. So, if you've been wondering what is it that I can get involved with at the church, especially in the missions area, uh, business as missions is is perhaps something you should take a look at.
0: Yeah, if I if I could actually, the Bible app today had a perfect verse that that just ties mm-hmm. exactly into what you just said and what we're talking about. So I got real lucky with the Bible app this morning. First Peter. Four, ten, 10, and I'll read 11 also, but God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies, and everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. And it just gives two examples, right? Speaking and helping. And the mm-hmm. nice thing about helping mm-hmm. is, is it's really broad, but um, yeah. I've used the term pay and pray Sunday because I heard it at a missions conference years ago in terms of talking to the business people in the congregation. And, you know, when it comes to the church, I remember sitting in a service um, months ago and they were recruiting for medical professionals. And so the pastor got up on stage and he said, Hey, if you're a medical professional, we could really use you. Come see me after the service. And I thought, man. It would be awesome to hear you say that to the business professionals as well (laughs) um, for that purpose. You know, I I thought about it and I thought, man, CCV should do something about this. They should really do this. CCV should do it. The church should do this. Someone should do this. And anytime that you find (laughs) yourself saying that to yourself over and over again, someone should do something about this. That's really the Holy Spirit (laughs) telling you, you should do something about this. And in prayer, God said, you know, I've given you all the resources all the understanding to do this. Um, so, so go do it. And so what we did is we started a small group for business people and um, I'm very much the host of the group. I don't have enough experience to be, you know, one of the people that participates, but I do get the benefit of hearing them. And, and um, there's kind of four parts to that. Can I tell you about the four parts sure. that, that we've discussed? Sure. And so we we brought some, basically these are mid to late career C level people. So CEO, CFO, chief IT officer, Um, or owners of SME companies, all right? And so small, medium enterprise. Mm -hmm. These are not just sole proprietorships, but um, these are mostly medium to large enterprise people. And they have a unique understanding of business in ways that, you know, employees, even managers can't really understand. Um, One of the examples is, you know, have you ever had to make payroll on Friday? And uh, I can't imagine the stress of that myself. Yeah, But the four key areas there, the first one is community. And that is, you know, we see each other every Sunday, and we don't know each other's name. Unless, you know, you're the guy shaking hands yeah. wearing a name tag, you might know their name. But it's important as a church community to get to know one another. And once we get to know one another, we know what resources that God's given us to use to serve one another and to serve our community, both here and far. So that, that's the primary thing, is to get these guys and gals together so that they know who each other are, and they know, hey, you know— I can go talk to this person because they can relate to my story in a way that someone else can't because they've been there. They're a C-level person. All right. And they can relate in a way that, you know, not C-level people can't. Once we build that community and once we know each other's story, then we know what tools are in the toolbox, right? If we don't do that, we don't know what tools are in the toolbox. We may know there's a problem, but we don't know what tools we have to solve the problem. So once we build community, we've got that. The next one is mentorship and mentorship Is critical. You know, I was telling you in the church, if a married couple comes to the church and says, we're having marital issues, the church has all these resources, and they sprint to give you those resources, meet with a pastor, direct you to Christian counseling. But if you're a business person and you're having trouble, sometimes the church doesn't know where to point you because the business people haven't stepped forward and said, hey, Mm-hmm. Here, here I am, right? Here I am. Uh, you know, I, I, ran a business for 30 years and I've been through the ups and the downs and, you know, the near bankruptcies and the, can I make payroll on Fridays? And I've also been through the, 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 peaks. I've been through the successes and how do you deal with the successes and how do you bless others with the successes? So that mentorship is unique. So these business professionals at that level can provide a unique mentorship that no one else can. So mentorship is critical. Um, Then there's missions, and Mm -hmm. that's where the business is missions, business for the kingdom is. And this really, you know, I use this every day at Be The Change Volunteers, all right? So we run with the heart of a ministry, but the mind of a business. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, well said. I like that. And
0: and that's not mine. I took that from someone else in another Uh podcast, but I thought it was so good. I think about it, you know, if you're a private mission school in rural India, and you're not funded by the government like the school in Malawi, in Africa where the government's paying the teachers, if you're a private mission school, you got to have a business plan. Mm-hmm. you got to know how you're going to pay those teachers. you yeah. got to have a fee structure. You might have to have a side agricultural hustle where you've got water buffalo, and you're doing agricultural education with those water buffalo, but the milk that those buffalo are giving you help pay teachers. And so I use it every day at BTCV, but the missions part of it is, again, where I say, it's not just pay and pray Sunday. Your, your financial blessings from running a business are not just – you know, to cut a check and fund missions, you can participate in missions. And so you can, you can either be near here in, let's say, the Valley, or you work with local businesses. You know, you've got someone who's about to invest their only $10,000 mm-hmm. that they've saved because they don't want to work for someone anymore. They want to work for themselves, but they don't know anything about a commercial lease. They don't know anything about um, rules where you have to pay immigration service taxes on some of your employees if you run a, if you run a restaurant. They don't know those things. And so being able to connect current business leaders with those people really is a blessing to give them that mentorship. Yeah. That That is mentorship, but also a local mission to provide that. Then FAR, of course, if you go overseas and you work in a community where you've got a church that is not sustainable, a church plant that, you know, <laughs> they're they're doing great, but... How do you pay that pastor? Because the pastor has to eat. And so what can you do to strengthen that community's economics? What can you do? Well, if you find the maybe out of a thousand people, the 20 business people and you help them with their business plan, and you help them figure out how to do it well, and you help them run a business with integrity, uh, maybe even employ some people, not only in the church, but also Mm non-believers that they can minister to through their business. That's critical for the business's missions when you're going far, when you're going international. So there's two there. And then the last one of the four that we've identified, and this isn't all me, you know, this is the guy's Uh, who are involved in the group is, is advisory to the church. And, you know, we know CCV uses business expertise all the time. A lot of our staff, you know, most of our senior staff came from the business community. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I were talking to other churches in the Valley or other churches across the U S you know, sometimes you're sitting down, smacking your head against the wall on a problem. You're a pastor. And if this isn't a pastoral problem, this is a business problem. This is an organizational problem. Call upon your business professionals to come in, not just pray with you, but advise you. And, and that's really, you know, what we've identified in business's mission: the, yeah. the, those four key components.
1: Well, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, and and all all of you, just, all of the stuff you just talked about. Grant is is the reason why you're you're successful in the in what you're doing. But the one thing I know you do well, and that is trips.
0: Um, tell us a little bit about your trips. Yeah, so for be the change volunteers. We take volunteers kind of like, so I always use Habitat for Humanity as our, as our example. They're mm-hmm. a great organization. They build houses, mm-hmm. and they use volunteers to do it. But they also, most people don't know this, also use a professional contractor yep. because there's codes and there's requirements, and you want it done right. Now, in most of the places we take teams, there's not a lot of building codes, but we still want the building to be sound and solid and, and safe for the students. and teachers. So we organize volunteer trips as part of our long-term work with schools. And when we partner with a community and a school, so I'll use Peru as the example. In Peru, our, we're partnered with our community partner who is a community, usually a community activist. They run a business in the Amazon jungle, ecotourism business. They work with the local communities as part of their outreach beyond their business, so their social outreach. One of the villages said, you know, we'd like to have a high school. We have an elementary school, but the government hasn't provided us a high school. And so they said, all right, well, we'll we'll start a high school. So they went to the Ministry of Education. What do we need to do to get a high school? Ministry of Education said, well, you got to get people who are willing to enroll. And so they went back to the village. They enrolled everybody. But ultimately, you know, they, they got to the point where they said, we need the infrastructure. And that's where we came in. And so they came to BTCV. They went through our application process, which is lengthy. We don't say yes to everybody. Um, it's also voted on by a seven-member board every, board, every project. And they don't say yes to everything, but they said yes to this. And so we made a long-term plan. So before we send one of those trips, one of those teams of volunteers, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. It can take a year to get through the planning. Um, and what is, what's the major vision look like? What's the master plan here? Because we want a total campus solution. We're not going to go in and build one classroom, call out a high school, and leave. We were going to go in and build enough classrooms for a real high school and all the things that you would imagine a school having bathrooms, cafeteria, labs, library. So once all of that planning's in place, we announce the project. We hire a local contractor to do the major construction work. And then once we've announced it through our newsletter and our website and our podcast, volunteers sign up for the, for their team. And those volunteers come from all over the U.S., but we've also had volunteers from Ireland, South Africa, all over the world, And they come on a 10-day service project at the school. Now, sometimes we'll show up, and you've been in missions long enough to know, sometimes you say, hey, we're going to go build a classroom. You show up, and the whole classroom is done. It's finished, and you got six days to serve. So that's where you've got to be creative, and um, you've got to say, what work – needs to be done because the worst thing you can do in missions is make up work. Mm-hmm. That's the worst yeah. thing you can do. Paint a wall that doesn't need to be painted, yep. Yep. move a pile of rocks to yep. another spot where it doesn't need to move. Been there. Done and that. So mm-hmm. we just tell people, you know, hey, you know, if the classroom's done, well I'll just slow down and we'll think about what needs to be done and we'll do it right. We'll do meaningful work. And if really if there isn't, then we just work on cultural exchange. You know, then we just work on relationship development. Um, but we try to do meaningful work. Now, typically we've planned it well enough and we've got good enough partners that they know, Hey, what are the things that the professional contractor needs to do that we can't do that lay people can't do? What are the things that lay people can help the professional contractor with? Um, you know, so mixing concrete is like mixing cookie dough. Mm -hmm. If you've got Betty Crocker there to give you the ingredients, all you got to use is the spoon, shovel, shovel, shovel. You can mix concrete. And there's something about Doing that work with someone, even if they don't speak your language, a local volunteer that builds community and builds relationships. And I compare it to you just move to a neighborhood or a new neighbor moved in and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and they say, hey, I'm sorry. We don't know each other, but could I can't get this couch in the door. Could you come help me? I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. And and you help your neighbor do this physical task. And then a conversation blooms from that. And and that's really part of the reason that you go, you know, part of the reason you go is to understand. All right. Part of the reason you go is to problem solve, but part of the reason you go is to build relationships. It's it's hard to build relationships over email and zoom. It's a lot easier in person.
1: Well, I know that uh, you guys have got a great website and we, we will include your website information, be the change volunteers.org in our show notes. So be sure and check that out. Um, You can find out all about what be the change volunteers do Uh, You can check out their trips. It's not all kinds of trips from student trips and adult trips. The other thing that I like about Be The Change volunteers is they are really good at keeping good metrics. It's a great return on your investment. They've involved in just 2022 and involved in 65 uh, focused projects with a 97% sustainability uh, rate. Um, And so the return on investment includes things like the students involved in partner schools, over almost 8,000 students involved now in partner schools. Um, scholarships for kids, uh, new students entering schools now are running at a rate of 1,500. Students completing the highest grade is almost 1,000. for this young of an organization, it's it's amazing. Uh, new jobs for students. It's like, what do they do with students after they get out of school? Well, they help them find a, another job, or a, a, which includes trade schools. And then there's over almost 400 teachers that's involved in the partner schools that um, Be the Change volunteers are all involved with. Well, Grant, thanks for coming today. What uh, would you like to leave with our audience? Is there one word or one prayer, something you'd like to leave with our audience
0: today? Well, Larry, thanks for having me. First of all, it's an honor to be here on the podcast. Um, I would just encourage everyone, just like that Bible verse that I read, to think about what, what are your gifts Because, you know, I thought my gifts were going to take me in a couple of different directions. I thought I was going to go into government work or into business. And I ended up in the social sector, in the nonprofit sector. Um, But, you know, that's where I needed to be. So think about what your gifts are and think about are you using them for your church? Are you using them appropriately for your family? But use your gifts. Really sit down and think about
1: it. And I also would encourage those of you that have not done the next steps at CCV – Check that out uh, to be able to understand what your next step is in your journey because we're all different and we're all different places in our journey. So the next steps is a great class, great thing to take to make sure that, uh, that you know what uh, God has in store for you next. Well, thank you, Grant, and, and God bless you. And we'll look forward to having you back again to kind of see what God is doing at uh, Be the Change Volunteers. Thanks for listening to the Let's Go 360 podcast sponsored by Christ Church of the Valley. Check out CCV at ccv.church and our missions activity at ccv.church slash missions where we are trying to fulfill the Great Commission inspired by the Great Commandments.